welcome to sharma strength and performance podcast today i will be presenting you one of the strongest guys i have met in my life and the smartest one tejas jayshankar please take over hello so i am tejas uh, jayshankar so i compete in powerlifting and strongman i uh, mostly work as a coach and i also uh, am involved with a fitness institute called iifm i mostly work on uh, syllabus development and myself ishan sharma your host uh, i have worked as a lecturer with tejas in past i compete in strongman and powerlifting i come from athletic background uh, i used to compete in combat sports and today we are going to keep this podcast a bit chilled out it is not going to be very in depth training discussion uh let's go on and talk about a little bit about the recent topics that has been happening in the athletic and the strength world mm-hmm. so what are your views on the 501 deadlift 501 kilogram deadlift by hofthorpe johnson recently first of all it's an incredible feat of strength you know i uh, like we thought that the 500 kg limit would stay standing for a lot longer uh, and it is nice to see it broken this uh, quickly again Um, I was watching some comparison videos of Eddie Hall's 500 and Hafthor's uh, 501, and uh, though I would have to say that uh, Eddie Hall's was a bit faster, okay, yeah. and maybe a more uh, maybe a more strict powerlifting deadlift, so to speak, like a he didn't hit the bar at all in terms of yeah. powerlifting, huh? Yeah, but it, 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 he didn't hit the bar at all. Hafthor definitely did a bit of a hitch, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, strongman allows that, and he he is well well within the rights to take full advantage of that. Um, I, I guess the, my main uh, my main takeaway from this is that once a barrier is broken, typically other people will break it too. You know, just like and the something mile barrier too, the four minute mile. Okay, and uh, even the first thousand pound squat as broken by Fred Hatfield, or even the thousand pound deadlift uh, number first broken by Andy. You know, all these were numbers that stood for a very long time. But as soon as they were breached, uh, like a number of people came up and took its place. A lot of people know? broke that. Yeah, so I guess we are going to see that phenomenon now soon. You know. Hmm. hmm. So a lot of natty lifters are going to pull 300 like you did in the meet in India mm-hmm. at least. That was an amazing feat of strength, man. Honestly. Thank you, but in my mind, uh, it's a very you know mediocre lift at best. You know, while <laughs> I was happy with the way things went, and more importantly, I didn't peak for that meet at all. Uh, yeah. Like I literally, uh, the, the meet was on Saturday, and I lifted last on Thursday. You so, were just hitting joker singles, no, of the five three one. Yeah. yeah. That. So I was happy. Uh, yeah, it couldn't have gone better as such, and I did manage a three ten after that later in training. But mm-hmm. um, I do want to be able to deadlift around three fifty, three sixty, if I, I hope to be competitive in the one o five class. Raw, raw, raw. raw. Again, I'm I'm basing as one of the reasons why I'm not interested in competing equipped is because I also want to compete in strongman and equipped lifting doesn't particularly help that sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. So, and what are your views on the recent boxing match that has been announced between Hofthor Bjornsson and Eddie Hall in September? Nice, nice. I it's going to probably be a fixed match, matter in the sense that you know. I wish it's a fixed a match, man, because I care for their health. They are two big, explosive dudes with no experience in combat sports. They can really get hurt. Though, if I had to give an edge to someone, I'd say Eddie Hall would beat Hafta. Okay, uh-huh. Hafta definitely has more reach. 
like you know his arms are longer and he can punch he can probably punch further but uh, ahol does seem generally faster okay yeah and uh, he does seem to have better grip strength like as uh, when you see the farmer walks events and all over the past few years so uh, you know i feel like he might be able to transition to boxing a little better at the end of the day they do have a few months to prepare the god knows how much they'll actually prepare and and, and again i honestly feel like this is going to be a fixed match because this does, it's more of a publicity publicity stunt and to be frank it's good for the sport like there's nothing wrong it's with it it's amazing that. for the sport that is what someone yeah. was asking uh, me on facebook in the morning i told him my views are mixed i have mixed feelings about this one i have mixed feelings because uh, i i honestly wish it's a uh, fixed match because uh, i like both of the athletes they are amazing athletes i've grown up watching them you know i idolize them i do not want any of them getting hurt because realistically speaking none of them have real combat sports experience and then you put them into a bout where uh, like they are probably some of the hardest pro- possibly hardest hitters of the planet uh, we don't know that we don't, we don't know, know that, that but, like, yeah. but your uh, general strength uh, tend to carry over and uh, they are pretty athletic yeah, and i i you know i would argue with that i would argue mm-hmm. with that because you remember marvel sudzanaski he got into wrestling and stuff after he quit yeah. Tom, yeah he wasn't that successful i wouldn't say that but still he had a hell of an overhand right and i have watched his fights if he would connect he would connect hard and uh, i would go on to say marius pudinowski uh, eddie hall is a much more of a pudinowski kind of a guy in terms of uh, if, if we compare between him and hofthor so in that sense he had a hell of an overhand right i remember him beating some gracy i don't know man there's a lot of gracies right just koi bhi wahan ka banda hai that just gracies so this was some gracy he knocked out and uh, i remember i'm pretty sure it was just an overhand right uh, it did not take much technique so yes uh, i'm not saying again i have grown in combat sports only uh, strength sports is relatively a recent thing to me but honestly being strong does help and if you're just relatively more athletic it tends to carry over if you know how we are comparing we are comparing two inexperienced fighters okay yeah, neither of them I are going to have particularly they can really hit each other hard that is why i'm scared because uh, even if they just tend to hit each other hard without technique they can get hurt and um, i do not want any this pressure again i don't think any of that's going to happen okay. like i think you're worrying about these things too much at the end of the day you know this is more of a publicity stunt it's kind of like the whole uh, the history channel special that eddie hall had done recently okay like i'm sure he wasn't taking any real risks with his body and he should Right, 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 right. And how have your training been, man? Not bad. Overall, uh, see, in the middle, like after nationals last year, actually after Delhi State last year, I had a passion strength. Okay, which oh, uh, kind of powerlifting or the strongman? This is the powerlifting. The powerlifting media. Uh, in the in Delhi State, actually, see, before Delhi State, I had totaled a very strong seven hundred and ten kgs. Uh, mm-hmm. under fairly competitive conditions in the gym okay so matlab i had guys uh, ref- like referees and stuff like that so you know it uh, uh, it was a fairly legal uh, you know like i remember it is from the netaji club we are talking about right yeah 
and uh, so I had squatted 250, deadlifted 310, and uh, yeah, bench pressed 150. Okay, and um, I was pretty happy with those numbers. But uh, sometime around June, July, my strength dropped like crazy. I started. Mm -hmm. I, I was losing weight, but I also think I fell into like a very bad uh, cycle of stress at work. And yeah. that definitely cost me a lot of strength. And by Delhi state, about three months down the line, I had uh, come down to a 650 kg total. And I failed to total 600 in nationals, which was a very big disappointment for me. Because if I had totaled my 710 over there, I would have been a placeholder for sure. But, uh, you know, things happen. You can't have these things, you know. And uh, honestly, I feel like my strength dipped even further after nationals. And especially because I had to abandon the power squatting after the elbow and wrist problems it created. So uh, sometime around November, I kind of sort of gave up on 531 as a training system and started moving more towards weightlifting and bodyweight exercises. And uh, it was yeah really important to me to uh, uh, sort of master some of the basic bodyweight exercises that I was really good at earlier in my life. You know, I used to be good at front livers and I could do muscle ups and stuff like that. So I wanted to be able to remaster all these things. And I've had good progress in that regard, especially handstand stuff has really improved. And uh, more importantly, weightlifting style training, where I'm squatting and weightlifting more or less every day, uh, really proved productive for me because I was suffering from progressively worse knee and hip injuries. Like uh, this kind of happened actually early last year and then, then towards the end of last year, it got really worse to the point where by January, I couldn't really sit beyond five minutes beyond having severe hip cramps or knee pain, you know. And uh, like couldn't sleep because my hip would hurt. I couldn't stand because my hip would hurt. Like everything was just always in pain. Even last year, I remember your hips were cramping just while... Yeah, it had, it had started at that point of time, but it got really bad by the end of the year. And uh, so I kind of diverted all my attention to that. And uh, just trying to squat every day because that seemed to be helping the problem. By I, I think it was helping my mobility. And uh, uh, I started modifying my system to accommodate more and more weightlifting. And again, weightlifting is of course very squat-centric in terms of the positions that are required and the mobility work that it provided did help me recover from the injuries. Uh, but to be fair, it's only around, I would say, mid-March when I started having some breakthroughs with my pain and I started understanding that uh, one of the reasons why I was having this issue was because my TFL was overworked. And, uh, you know, it's a funny thing how much of a difference a diagram can make. Because I've been using the physiotherapy manuals that were available online or, uh, you know, the booklets that I had in order to analyze the position of the TFL and its function. But I couldn't really, uh, I didn't make too much headway using that approach because by that logic, I had to keep strengthening the TFL to the point where it could take the load. And I will not say it was an entire failure, but it definitely wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't getting much better, you know. Mm -hmm. And I picked up one of these old books from the 1980s. I have like an old anatomy textbook that I have from since like when I was a kid, which my father got from someone, you know, someone gifted him when he was younger. And uh, that book had a very good diagram showing the connection of the TFL to the glutes and the, you know, and the uh, IT band. And, Modern uh, books do not have uh, diagrams. No, they do have diagrams. It's just the quality of diagram was better. Basically, the diagram uh, in the older book was based on a more muscular person. Mm -hmm. Okay, whereas the modern diagrams that I found uh, were mostly based on smaller people and uh, for whatever reason you could not uh, tell the, you know, the angle of the muscle very well with the left developed individuals, you know, and uh, that, that really made a huge difference to me. Yeah, because then I started realizing that the problem wasn't that the TFL was weak, but that the glutes were not assisting the TFL. And, uh, I, yeah. 
and then I, I, I started uh, implementing a lot of glute work. Like I was basically doing barbell hip thrust, one-legged uh, exercises and stuff like that daily. Uh, and uh, I would say in the last uh, two, three weeks now, the pain has more or less disappeared. Like I still have some pain when, when sleeping, but uh, you know, that has been a considerable uh, improvement. And also my upper body strength seems to be coming back as does my gymnastic strength. So now I'm finally, I'd say I'm back to like where I was at Delhi State, you know, where I could, uh, where I'm confident of like a 650, 660 kg total. But I want to give it another two, three months and hopefully get back to full strength. You know? Yeah. Just till the quarantine ends, you will be superpower 2020. Let's see. Uh, see, another thing is that long term, I don't want to exceed the 105 class for both powerlifting and strongman. So I'm a little wary of that. Because uh, I do feel I don't have the bone size to accommodate more muscle than a hundred. You're pretty big, man. You're pretty tall. And I'm not like that. That was one of the revelations that happened to me when I went to Calcutta last year. So I was I was a referee for the Strongman World uh, Series, yeah. conducted by Strongman India. And mm-hmm. over there, I was able to meet Zaidurne Savikas, who's incidentally one of my mm-hmm. great uh, Strongman heroes. And uh, I was able to chat with him for quite a while, almost. Uh, one one just sitting with him over there. So yeah, that was a really great experience. But one of the things I did notice is that he just is by structurally so much larger than me. Even though our height was more or less identical, like I'd say he was only maybe like a short, strong man, no? Yeah, but he was maybe an inch taller than me. Okay, but uh, it's not that. It's like the elbows, the wrists, you know, the ankles, even his jawline and all was so the much bigger density, than the natural yeah. bone density is too much bone size like the whole frame is just so much bigger you know even his biacromial width is like twice my size so i can i don't think i can realistically hold on to that kind of muscle uh, even if i tried so my goal here is to be like 105 at 10% or 12% body fat competitively so right now i'm sitting at a much higher fat percentage i'm around 102 and i'd say i'm around 16 or 17% body fat so one of my goals right now is to just get down to 10% body fat. Maybe I'll be 98. Looking leaner. Seven. Thank Your you. face looks leaner than uh, it, when we met few months back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that time, I after that, in the middle, I went down all the way to like 96. You know, and maybe oh. around 12% body fat. But I've regained a lot of weight again. But yeah, I want to get to the stage where I'm sort of stable at around 10, 12%. And then start gaining weight. So I'll have to keep these considerations in mind. Mm. Stable 10-12% at your strength levels is pretty hard, no? I don't know. Like I do feel like after a certain point the fat's not helping. Especially if you're a raw lifter. Maybe the fat helps as an equipped lifter. I can't speak for this say that for sure. Having not done too much equipped lifting. Mm-hmm. So ideally uh, most of the raw lifters should stay decently lean. Just not obviously fat. See, I think that if you're a raw lifter, you rely on your muscles to provide protection, muscle size to provide protection to your joints. Okay. okay. Uh, in that sense, uh, being fat is not particularly helpful because it's not providing any condition or protection that uh, will actually help you perform better. In equipped lifting, I think a lot of it is to do with the pressure that the suit generates. And uh, being a little fat or even bloated really does help create more pressure. At least with the, so I have a yeah, insert TRX suit. And I also own uh, yeah, one of the tighter, uh, one of the more advanced Rage uh, yeah, HD Bast shirts, which is the, uh, again, Inza Ben shirt. And definitely when I'm fatter, I'm stronger in those. But I'm weaker as, an, uh, as a raw lifter. And also, maybe this is just me, but, uh, you know, strongman does require you to be somewhat fast. And you tend to get winded a little faster if you're fatter. Yeah. 
Yeah. And as a person who's mostly natural, okay, you have to uh, also take into consideration the recovery requirements of being more fat. Like I think that, you know, having a higher fat percentage does cut down on your rate of recovery. And uh, it's more efficient to be lean, you know. Mm. And it's it's more healthier to be lean, but uh, most of the times when we are into any sort of competitive athletic endeavor, we completely forget the health aspect. Like I haven't taken care of it. See, honestly, I never thought the importance of health is that much important until we started training together. Uh, See, I will say this, okay, 50, for me, reaching a 10-12% stable body fat probably has less to do with health and more to do with maxing out a weight class, you know, hmm. uh, whereas uh, from a health perspective, I think anything below 15 is probably fine. I don't really think below 15 to... is fine, but realistically hmm. speaking, uh, it's pretty hard to just maintain because uh, honestly speaking, dieting does. Uh, not only uh, the ones who are competing in the aesthetic based endeavors, the ones who are competing in like uh, performance based endeavors at times, at times just to maximize the performance, sometimes mm. it becomes a bit hard. Sure. sure. Mm. Mm. So with that, I would say let's keep the today's podcast a bit short and mm. uh, that would be uh, about... 15 20 minute podcast for us for today okay and uh, i hope to do longer podcasts from next time and uh, hope the listeners enjoy it they learn something from it we will be doing much more of it from now on hopefully we will be doing at least week. at least i'll be doing and uh, hopefully at least once a week i will be having you as the co-host or mm-hmm. the guest of the podcast so that's it. Signing off, Sharma Strength and Performance. Done. Greetings. Welcome to Sharma Strength and Performance. In this video, you're going to learn how you're supposed to perform a push-up correctly to make your punches more efficient as a combat athlete. Now, you are going to perform a full push-up here. Step 1 is going to be just like my fighter. You're supposed to get your body entirely rigid. It's almost like a plank. Make sure your elbows are turned inwards rather than pointing forward. Then, once you have gotten into a plank position from inside of your body, now you are supposed to push from the heel of your palm. As you can see, as soon as my fighter reaches the peak of the push-up, at that time, he extends his elbows completely. After that, you are supposed to round only your upper back. Remember, it's only the upper back, not any other area that is still supposed to be maintained very rigidly. Your glutes, your quads, your midsection, everything. Once that has been done, you are supposed to protract your scapula, again rounding your upper back, letting your shoulder blades go away from each other, just like you would do while you're punching. At that time, you're activating the serratus anterior, which happens to be the punching muscle. That's it. Done. If you learned anything... Please do tag me once you're doing this. If you have any questions, please go and ask me.